Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies, and so I watch them so that you don't have to. And we are missing Henley this week. We're missing her so much. We miss her so goddamn much. But she will be back. And in the meantime, we'll be doing a uh, patron chosen episode this week. If you want to vote in patron episode chosen polls that we do every month you can join our patreon at patreon.com slash tsdw podcast we know how much everyone loves to vote everyone <laughs> loves voting honestly our voter turnout is great over at the patreon at the patreon we are we are setting the standard <laughs> for voter turnout it's uh, really impressive stuff <laughs> but okay did anything scary happen to you this week emily sammy here's what here's what i did this week are you ready? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I purchased the Haley Bieber smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to tell you about it. I have, okay, I've now had a job for three, count them, three weeks. <laughs> That's Haley Bieber smoothie money, baby. And it's Haley Bieber smoothie money. And I truly was like, I, as some, okay, I've been talking about this a lot. I have a job now. I've literally never in th- my 32 years of life, which, you know, not all of that are you supposed to have a job for, but it's taken me until now to have a honest to goodness, real job with consistent money coming in. Y- you know, you, you work your job, you get paid. It's a job. It's real. It's not going to vanish in an instant yep. sort of situation. You don't, you know, thank your lucky stars. You've been given the opportunity to work a job and earn a little bit of money. So um, basically I'm rich now and I treated myself this weekend to I was have I my tummy was had been hurting for a couple of days and so I was like well a smoothie would be like you know nice and easy which is easy to not digest <laughs> in my head I was I like smoothies think it depends it's but yeah so I was like I, I could just drink something you know that sounds nice and so I realized I was like you know what if I'm gonna do it if I'm gonna get a smoothie mm, getting I got the Haley Beaver smoothie. So I did. I went to Erewhon on a Saturday afternoon, which is yep. what an experience. A crazy, time. A crazy, a crazy time, time to be at a crazy place. Also, let me tell you this. I've only stepped into an Erewhon one time before in my life, and it was at a different point in my life. And I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it because I can see how easily I would become seduced. Like, yeah. as soon as I'm in there, I'm like, okay. I want everything. I want everything. All the food looked so good because I had ordered, pre-ordered. So I showed up to pick it up, but I still had to wait a little bit. So I was, wa- I was wandering, air on, you know, just waiting for my smoothie. And 
all the food looked amazing. The whole little like, you know, prepared food section case, Mm -hmm. everything. It just was like, I could really find myself wanting to spend money there one. And it is actually absurd. The prices are not anywhere near reasonable, even for being overpriced. It's like there's overpriced and then there is, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? Um, which, so I just, I, you know, I'm not, I might, I'm rich obviously now, but I'm not that rich. I'm not Erewhon rich. Um, so I'm really not uh, rich at all. But anyway, got the <laughs> Haley Bieber smoothie. Um, Joel also got a smoothie. Joel's smoothie though was only $13, which that's, oh, yeah, that's there are some smoothies. Pretty, pretty standard <laughs> price I mean, that's there. like anyone can get that smoothie. That's basically pennies. Um, <laughs> but I got the Haley Bieber smoothie, which is $18. $18 for a 16-ounce smoothie. We're talking more than a dollar per ounce <laughs> of beverage and liquid gold. Is, that's liquid gold. And um, it was very good. It was very good. But you, but you know what? I'm not going to get it again. And not just because it's $18. I'm going to go. I'm going to make a controversial statement and say, I prefer Punchbowl. I prefer this movie to the Punchbowl. Mm, I did go to Punchbowl this week and I it was good. Punchbowl. Which is also, you know what it was? The smoothie was very good, but it was really very sweet. Like, it yeah. was a little too sweet. Like, Haley, you shouldn't be having that much sugar. Because I presume <laughs> she has this smoothie every day of her life. Every single day. Um, a little too sweet, but delicious. I mean, absolutely delicious. But just, you know, can't can't do it all the time. Maybe we'll never yeah. do it again. I've been trying to, ex- like, try all their smoothies not all of them, but I had to get working had, through that gift card on a previous episode. I've yeah, yeah. been gifted a gift card. And that and is the best way to use that gift card. I think is just try yeah. all the smoothies. That's actually yeah. incredible. And the Haley Bieber one's not my favorite so far. I still like the first one I tried, which was a chocolate one with cold brew in it. And mm. it was probably because of how I don't usually drink coffee. And it really sent me flying in a, <laughs> in a way that was yeah, really going from like delightful. not usually having any coffee to cold brew in particular is like your body was just whoo I was a woo. I was on top of the world. <laughs> but I do actually think it tasted better too. It was less sweet. And yeah. I just, I, I like a chocolate smoothie. Mm. I don't know if that's controversial. I don't think that's controversial. I think a lot of people like but a chocolate smoothie. But that's what smoothie. I make at home too. I do a, a strawberry, a frozen strawberries with my chocolate protein powder and mm. some peanut butter. Yeah. And maybe some spinach or some kale. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I like a... um a sort of nutty daty smoothie. Yeah, I, dates are I good really smoothies. like a like banana, almond milk, nut butter date situation. Um, mm. That's sort of like yeah, put some put some leafy greens in there. Um, maybe some blueberries. Ooh, ooh, baby, I'm gonna have a smoothie after this. <laughs> I have this smoothie talk. Um, but yeah, I just I I was excited to I was excited to tell you that I that I did it. Yeah, I'm excited to hear it. You get to cross it off your L.A. bucket list. It feels like such an L.A. thing. It's true. And they do they do us all a favor by putting it on the menu as just the strawberry glaze. So you you don't have to say I'll have the Haley. But the little sign that says what's in it is like Haley Bieber's strawberry glaze skin smoothie or something. And anyway, so I did it. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm happy for you that it's not an immediate like, oh, now I have to drink this all the time. Because that's the scary too. thing. And that's the risk that, that is took. the risk. Yeah, that's the risk that we that we both took. 
Yes. And I'm glad to, I'm really happy to report that it did not change my life. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Love, absolutely love to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. How about you, Sammy? Anything scary? Anything smoothie? <laughs> you know, one scary thing did happen, which is that I saw a mosquito and a flea in my house in the <gasps> same day. And oh, that was, it was about, no. it was earlier this week. It's been a couple of days. And so they're both, I haven't seen them again. Okay. And I haven't been getting bitten except for, you know, that I have a bite on my toe right now, but that did come from when I was outside of my house yesterday. <laughs> oh, the flea thing makes me nervous. I know. I've, I had, I've had fleas before with my cats and oh no. I immediately put flea medication. I had some leftover, so I, nice, I nice. put it on my boys, who are indoor cats, but they're just like nasty street cats yes. that hang out at the doors, and those little fleas get yep. in. And it's summer. It's bad. So, I'm, so I've been vacuuming a lot. But the other thing I wanted to talk about is just how I have been scared seeing all the comments and posts that think that the... SAG-AFTRA Guild joining the strike is like rich, famous people wanting to get richer. Okay, yeah, let's talk about this. It's really driving me crazy. There are so many people that are in those Instagram comments being like, oh, poor A-list celebrities, like not getting enough money. It's driving me fucking crazy. I've had to really stop myself from like getting into fights with people because I, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't like to comment. There's no point. There's There's no no point in doing that. There's no point to to do that. But, wow. but I would like to straighten some things out. Let's here. straighten some things out because it's true. Look, we, you know, the actors we think about, the actors we see are A-list celebrities. So that's who we're talking about. When we talk about movies, when we're talking about gossip, celebrity gossip, we love it. We love celebrities. The celebrities make up a very small percentage of working actors. Yep. 86% of actors in SAG-AFTRA, 86%, 86% of union members do not make enough yearly to qualify for SAGRA after healthcare. And you yep. only have to make $26,000 a year to qualify for healthcare. 86% of working actors make less than $26,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's, it's so crazy. The life of an actor, you, you, and you, I, I get the like, entitlement i get how people in other jobs can like roll their eyes at those conversations at times but like at least be open to like hearing the facts of the situation which is that like people that are working actors have to go to so many fucking auditions you don't get paid to go to auditions there's like so much of your job that is unpaid work yes and you can't a lot of times it's hard to maintain another like full-time job because you need to have schedule flexibility you get auditions when i was acting and would get auditions it would be best case scenario night before usually oftentimes day of you have to have a job that allows you to leave day of wait for an who knows how long sit in a room not get paid audition for a thing that you probably won't get yeah oh and you do it multiple times you'd be like maybe you get a call back and then you do that again Yep. And maybe you get a second callback and you do that again. And then maybe you don't get the job. And that happens over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's just like people aren't being fairly compensated for their time and effort that they're putting into it. They're not getting health care. And like regardless of your thoughts on the industry as a whole, like the conversation is between working people and like fucking corporate CEOs that are making mega million, like so much fucking money. So yeah. it's like there are two sides on that fight. 
And if you're against like the actors, you're for the people making you're for the fucking David Zaslav's and Bob Iger's. million dollars a year. And so even if this doesn't affect your industry personally, I think like any union victory is a victory for working class people across America. And like we have so many problems with the wealth gap, growing wealth gap. And the CEOs have made more and more money as unions have become less and less common. And huge corporations have uh, clauses and anti-union things Mm -hmm. baked into their creation for a reason. And I just feel like if you're feeling like people are entitled and you have it harder and you have it worse... Um, at your job, like look into fucking unionizing your job, I think. Yeah. Also, like, <laughs> like I, that mentality really is it hurts everyone. Like, I get it. People work really fucking hard and don't make enough money mm-hmm. across many, many industries. But yep. does the suffering of others improve your situation? Like that if you know, it's like it, that is not a helpful mentality for anyone. Um, the answer is you also shouldn't be suffering. Like that's, let's find a way to make that not the case for anyone. And like, I know that it can seem like an act being an actor is like a really cush job. You show up, you act, whatever it, and I'm, and if for some people, I think that that's true, but that is, it's, it is brutal. It is really, it is like really emotionally and mentally taxing it. I mean, I, used to do it and I do not do it anymore (laughs) Uh, because it is a, I think a terrible life. (laughs) It's a really, really hard, really hard way to live. And I chose that I would prefer to go back to school and pay for that and then work a fucking nine to five job because being an actor is really fucking awful and you never make enough money. Like I said, I'm 32. I've never made consistent money in my life and I've been working my whole life and like yep. it's just it's and that's just me <laughs> but I'm just saying it's really it's just really fucking hard and again like the the problem is the the structure and the wealth gap and the like CEOs used to make 30 times what the like lowest paid worker that they was in their corporation made now it's 400 times right so that's the problem The problem, it's a it's a very lucrative industry and that money is going somewhere and And it's going to people are asking for is that it's more fairly distributed because the accumulation of wealth is going to yeah mostly like 10 people. And that's a problem in all industries and nation nationwide that we should all be concerned about and we should be on the side of the of the non CEOs. Yeah, we should all be on, yes. we should all be on the side of the non CEOs because another thing that's coming up with all of this is like the AI uh, discussion, which is going to affect everyone's industry and everyone's jobs. Yep. Um, that is an inevitability. Uh, they tried to put a clause in the studio execs, the CEOs, the side of the people we should all be against, tried mm-hmm. to put a clause in. That would say a background actor, which is basically like anytime you watch any movie or TV show, which we know you love to do. This is a movie podcast. Hello. Yep. All the people, all the people in the background, right? Call them background actors, call them extras. Like that's, you know, they make like a hundred dollars a day, hundred something dollars a day. But that's like, that's a job that people do day in, day out. People work every day of the week doing that. That's how they make their money. Yep. I've done it before when I first moved to LA. It's fucking sucks. It's so boring. I hated it. But people do it. People love it. 
It's a means to like it a means a, to an end. It is a way to make money, which people yep. need because nobody makes a living wage fucking in this country at all. But they tried to put a clause in that would say if you worked as a background actor one day on any show, movie, whatever, they could use AI to clone your face in perpetuity, meaning you work one day and then you don't have a job ever again. Yep. That's what this that is what this fight is about. Like that is what we're up against is people trying to make as much money as possible, squeeze it as from every single real living human being. Yep. So they can continue to make more than 400x what those people are making. Yeah. It's disgusting. And they were there was that deadline article. It was Bob Iger, right? That said Oh yeah, baby. CEO of Disney and ABC, in case anybody doesn't know. Yeah, he said that the end game or their their strategy for this strike is to hold out long enough that people start losing their homes and apartments and then they'll really want to work again. And so they'll accept whatever shitty terms are put in front of them. Says a man making $50 million a year. Yeah. So approximately. That's fucking super villain shit and so if you are not against that person like i just don't understand i just don't understand yeah. how i think it's it's a misinformation people like don't quite understand the situation and i get it it's it's complicated yes but like the actors are not your enemies here no and the actors that we're talking about is not fucking like mark ruffalo and right uh, I don't even just no, Mark Ruffalo. Like, Fuck you, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean like I know we see celebrities on the picket lines, but that's because that's yeah. interesting. We love celebrities, but it's like it's not. That's not the fucking point. No, and it's it, them being there is still good though because they're the ones with huge visibility that people and care like, about. Yes, and much more leverage. Like if Mark right. Ruffalo walks off a set, that's a bigger deal than someone who's already been out of work and is more regularly out of work walking off their set the cast of oppenheimer leaving their premiere is makes more of a statement than not the cast of oppenheimer (laughs) but again like the cast of oppenheimer those people think about it they're doing solidarity think about like okay how many movies we've seen florence Pugh in yeah she's one lady that's just think about how many people are at florence Pugh tier they're at florence Pugh tier because they're in all the things Mm-hmm. Then there's a bunch of other actors who are not in all the things. And when they mm-hmm. are, they make so much less money. And it's like, you're lucky if you get to work as an actor. You feel lucky because yep. most of the time you don't get any job. Most of your year, most of your life for most actors is hoping and going to auditions and paying for classes and paying for self tapes. And it's like, it's so brutal. Yeah. And again, I know it's easy to roll your eyes like, okay, well, they're just an actor. Do you like movies and TV shows? Probably. Right. It takes people to make those things happen. And this is, and also we're, you know, the writers are also striking. That's also really important. It's just, yeah, it's bad. CEOs are f- absolute villains. Also, we have a massive homelessness problem in LA and in this country. And the number one cause of homelessness in Los Angeles is loss of income. And these CEOs are straight up quoted saying, well, hopefully that will hopefully we'll get more homeless people. Right. um, So that then they'll be desperate to take our shitty terms. It's just absolutely ghoulish. And I just it's ghoulish, which is a word we don't (laughs) use enough. I fuck. It's appropriate here. They're fucking ghouls. And you should be mad at them. (laughs) They're they're the people that we should all be collectively fighting against, not just in this industry, but in all industries. 
I think we should have a general strike. <laughs> yes. And like, the thing is, the more, yes, it like there is solidarity and more leveraging power, the more people join this fight. So like, yeah, SAG striking helps WGA striking, which helps other unions to strike, which helps other working class people. Like it is important. Yeah. It's like, it's truly on this one. There's two, there are really just two sides and it's either you're basic, you're like a fucking multimillionaire billionaire or you're not. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the sides. Yeah. It's I'm, I work in nonfiction, which is always not union. And this has just gathered some momentum and bringing conversations again of producers and editors and everyone involved in non-union unionizing. And I just feel inspired and I feel like our country needs massive change and yes i feel like we shall feel inspired and motivated to create a working class or like conditions that are actually sustainable for the working class and you for should everybody. be able to work a job and live your life like basically yes. point blank you should be able to be a, a contributor to society work a job and live and not suffer and not go without health care and not it's like it's really it's sh- there should be basic universal income there should be like a line that we don't let people get below because we have enough fucking money and resources to make that possible yeah nobody is good if people suffer it's bad for all of us it's just like what it's bad yeah anyway no yeah i've been feeling w- worked up about it as well and Yeah, I just hope that we can view each other as allies in a fight against fucking ghouls. Zaslav (laughs) and Bob Iger and these motherfuckers. Yeah. But anywho, so I spent spent some time this week being pretty heated about all that. And it's hot outside. And it is hot. So baby, I cooled off with some nice horror. (laughs) A nice horror movie to Chilled you to the bone. (laughs) Absolutely chilled me. Uh, And like I said, this was chosen by our patrons. Our movie today is Silent Hill. Came out in 2006, directed by Christoph Gans, written by Roger Avery, who is the writer of Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. Really surprised me. Is this on the same tier, would you say? No, I would not. (laughs) Okay. It wasn't poorly written, but it just like, it just, I'm just surprised that this is what he went to next after that yeah (laughs) uh it is starring rada mitchell laurie holden deborah kara unger from a little movie you might know called the game (laughs) (gasps) she's the main woman in the game and i feel like i've never seen her in anything else and she's in this i was very excited that's really exciting uh jodell ferland and sean bean sean bean Sean Bean. Uh oh, what's Sean Bean gonna do? What's he gonna do in this one? <laughs> Sean Bean, famous for dying, dying in everything that he's in. This movie's available to rent for $3.99. Emily, what do you know about this movie? I feel like we've maybe mentioned it here and there. It's one, as soon as you said the title, I was like, I can recall this. Yeah. I, it like exists somewhere in my past that like this movie came out when I was in high school so I'm sure I was like aware yeah of it but beyond that I've got nothing 
drawn a blank. I feel like it, we talked about it in a recent episode, and now I can't remember what it was, but the, the main thing to know about this movie is that it's based on a video game. And so it might oh. have been more in the you know, public conversation while the last of us was happening. I could, it, there was a lot of times that oh, I was rem- reminded sure, sure. of the last of us. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, it's not, uh-huh. um, zombies, but it feels very much like a video game, which I feel like the last okay. of us also does. You're just kind of yes. like moving through yep, yep. things and things are happening to you and then you move past them and continue like challenges. on your path. Yeah, yeah basically. Like, yeah. But I had not seen it. This was my first, viewing it had been requested quite a few times and Mm. i i enjoyed it um i will tell you that it has a 32 percent on rotten tomatoes not so high 31 percent on metacritic also pretty low and imdb sticking true to a 6.5 yes you can count on that you can count on that which is to say you can't count on it to mean anything yeah exactly what does it mean what does it mean is the imdb scale like a scale from six to seven is that like their whole it's like <laughs> yeah, it's just, on a scale from six to seven how much do you like this movie yep 6.1 6.2 6.5 right 6.5 uh, the budget was fifty million, and it made a hundred point six million. Okay, not too shabby. Now that's the bean effect. That's the bean effect, baby. <laughs> and some trivia for us. Oh yeah, the video game was created by Kichiro Toyama, published by the video game company Konami. This game is super, super popular, or at least it was. I don't know. I'll I'll have a disclaimer right now that I don't know shit about video games. I've obviously never, I've never played this video game. So don't come at me if I get (laughs) things wrong. I'm sure there's lots of little Easter eggs and shit that I did not catch because I am completely unfamiliar with the video game. No idea. And I would never play a spook. Oh, I played one spooky video game and I hated it so much. I played the Walking Dead video game. Oh, my God. And it was I was absolutely miserable. Oh, my God. I, I still remember <laughs> being at, doing a sleepover in middle school at Melinda Shearer's house and her brother and his friend were playing the Resident Evil video game. And the, it was, the house was all dark and it was so scary. It was so scary. Yeah. And they were rich. So the house was big and it was like I, and the TV was big and I just really hated it. Yeah, I don't like a scary video game. Mm-mm, I mm-mm. don't like anything. Well, it's, I mean, interesting to say, I don't like being in the protagonist's shoes any more than I have to. You know, I like to be. Yeah, take me, take me far removed. Take me far out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I also don't like a haunted house. I'll do it and I'll probably at the end be like, ooh, that was scary. You, you don't like it while you're <laughs> in it. I'm like not having a good time while it's happening. <laughs> Uh, uh, some casting what ifs. The main uh, character in this movie is played by Rada Mitchell, who I recognized from Man on Fire. She's got she's kind of a that yeah. girl. <laughs> uh, yeah. OK. Because she's in so much stuff, but I couldn't really place it at first. And then I was like, I think Man on Fire. Anyways. Uh, some casting what if what ifs for her character. Meg Ryan auditioned. Huh. And Mia Jovovich, which I thought was funny because oh, of Resident Evil. Like yeah. you said, she's in the Resident Evil movies, which the first one was in 2002. So she would have already been, been doing that. that. So it would feel, I feel like it's a good thing they didn't cast her. Yeah. Because people would get confused. What am I watching Resident Evil? Yeah. What's happening? Yeah. 
and this is some spooky trivia. <gasps> the so s- basically the general concept of Silent Hill is they're in this abandoned ghost town mm. and it's a town where there's a fire burning underground. So it's very foggy and smoky and raining ash and like hard to see Ugh. anything. And this is based on a real town <gasps> called Centralia, Pennsylvania. And in May 1962, the city ordered to have the local landfill burned in an attempt to clean up the waste, but the fire spread through unsealed tunnels and openings that led to an abandoned coal mine, and this ignited a fire that burns Holy shit. to this day that they were never <gasps> able to put out. And so they cl- they closed the town. Everyone had to leave, obviously. Oh, my God. And I just can't believe that that's possible. Crazy you can just close a town. Town's closed. Really wild. I think some people did try to stay. Ooh. For a bit. I mean, that would not be fun. Obviously, eventually, I think you'd be like, oh, it's really not. This fire's not stopping. No, huh? it's, not, it's not good here, huh? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm not going to wait out this fire. But wow, how crazy that that can even happen. Mm. Yeah, I don't like that. I liked this. Some some Sean Bean trivia. Yeah. Some Bean, tri- Bean trivia for us. <laughs> Uh, he's the only one out of all the actors who didn't even try to play the game. He just saw the game packaging and was like, I get it. <laughs> Fucking love that. Hell yeah, Sean Bean. He's like, uh, yeah, no, I'm not going to be doing that. I still regret that we didn't name Theo Sean Bean. That's funny. I That's would like to name. name a cat Sean Bean. You're going to have to get a fifth cat. Or, you know, a f- replacement fourth someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Um, God, I love Sean Bean. He's really great. I thought this was funny to add to the accumulated filth caused by her character's journey through Silent Hill. Rada Mitchell did not wash her hair through the entire filming. Ew. <laughs> How long was the shoot? I don't know, but your scalp would get so angry. Yeah, I feel like we got hair and makeup for a reason, you know? And also, yeah, what a shame. How rude to the hair and makeup department, to be completely <laughs> honest. Like... People had to get near her head. Yeah. And I do know that like your your hair, your your body adjusts, your head adjusts, but I don't know right. if that's enough time. And also, I don't know that that's worth it. Oh, yeah. Well, good for her. Yeah. I don't like it, though. Good, good, I don't good like for her. I don't like it. And this film is included on Roger Ebert's most hated list. Oh, yeah. Should we make our way through that list? Oh, we pr- we probably should, yeah. We've done a couple. <laughs> We've definitely done a couple. You and Centipede, uh, Green Inferno, I think. Yeah, that one was we agree on, on there. We agree. Uh, but he gave this film one and a half stars, which feels like okay. okay well, Roger, do you hate it? There's a lower rating than that, you know. Using the old IMDb system on a scale from <laughs> one to two. One to two. A scale from one and a half to two. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, on a scale from one and a half to two, it gets a one and a half. Uh, that's all the trivia i got i mean there's so much trivia because there's three movies and three video games and so i just didn't want to get too deep into it i could spend my whole life looking at trivia for this she's supposed to spend her whole life on that page (laughs) i'm not gonna do it guys be reasonable she can't i can't can't spend her whole life on the trivia page i got shit to do she's got shit to do <laughs> Go easy. Go easy on me, guys. <laughs> we can free lay off for lay a second. Off. 
up. <laughs> Lay off. Uh, but okay, should we watch this trailer? Oh yeah, baby. Let's do it. Honey, sometimes when you go to sleep, you go on a little walk. And sometimes you talk about a place. I don't remember. That's why we're going to go there. So you can remember. I need your help. I'm not okay. Please, hurry. The fire started 30 years ago. Dad! I don't know what's happening. Do you know what's going on here? This place is completely cut off. Only the dark one opens and closes the door to Silent Hill. Hey! Where is she? I'm trying to find my wife. She looks exactly like Sharon. Why? Rose, come on! Ah! Rose, hurry! It's coming! It seems like a lot's going on here. There's a lot. It really is a lot. I don't know there's what is... There's nasty stuff. There's fire. There's ghosts. There's weird creatures. There's yep. a little child named Sharon. I know Which that really threw really me. Really threw me for a loop. In the beginning, as I was taking notes, I was like, "Well, the mom's obviously Sharon. Sharon has <laughs> to be the mom." <laughs> but nope, it's the daughter. Huh? Is Sean Bean doing an American accent? Yes, and mm, not so it's well. Not, it's not great. Yeah, it's not. It didn't sound so great. Sometimes Sean's it's fine, but it really, what, you know, <laughs> really peeks through at times. Also, that's the girl from Scream Five, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The Sharon. mom. No, Sharon. I think. No, I don't think it is. You know who it is? It's little girl from Twilight Eclipse who... Yes! <laughs> that's who it is. Wait! And that's not the same girl? I know, I know who you're thinking of. The girl from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is also in I Think You Should Leave. <laughs> wow. She's so funny and I Think You Should Leave. But no, yeah, she's from uh, Twilight Eclipse. Okay. Does the mom feel like uh, that lady to you? She does. Yes, she does. Yeah. She kind of almost looks like Shannon Sossaman to me. And yes, so I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the like kind of uh, square face shape and strong eyebrows. Uh-huh. But, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but you're right. You're exactly right. There's a lot going on in that this movie. That was a lot. And because it's just her moving through a world and facing different uh, challenges and so it's just right. a constant video game. Like, different levels right you like levels. that that makes sense yeah that because i feel like in video games it is like that where it's like oh on this level i mean again i don't play them but i feel like it's like oh well on this level or in this a new chapter threat. it's yeah it's like now this is your villain yep and then you go further exactly. down and oh now it's the you know you zombie mon- the mummy people and then it's like oh now it's the fire yep it also uh was 
reminding me of The Mist at times, I guess, because it's so foggy. And it has Lori Holden, who's she's in both of them and she's in The Walking Dead as well. Oh, The Mist. Yeah, it was kind of reminding me of that. This must have been around that time. I can't remember now what year The Mist was, but just kind of had that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. At times. Yeah. Mist was 2007. So just the following year. Oh, man, I haven't thought about how upset the mist made me in a while. It got it got replaced, but it's up there. That's a, it's a really tough one. It's really uh, tough. It's really, really up there. Just, <sighs> oh, no. So devastating. Oh, yeah, no, this is not. <laughs> yeah, don't. Uh, this will be easy peasy compared okay, to the mist. This isn't Actually, the mist. This isn't the mist. There's like there's some pretty upsetting stuff, but I don't think you'll feel as bad as the mist. <sighs> I don't think you'll feel as bad. Okay! It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. 
Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So should we do it? I'm excited to find out. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. I guess this is uh, probably not a very encouraging start, but I do have to give a trigger warning for child abuse and child sexual violence. No. So, yeah, not not great. Okay. Uh, but here we go. Okay. Yeah, here we go. We open with a mother and father. This is Rada Mitchell and Sean Bean. They are... Sean Bean. Just think about the fact for a while that his last name is Bean. And spelled like Sean, but with a B. <laughs> Which is how Bean is spelled. <laughs> he spelled... Sean, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seen Bean. Yeah. They're not pronounced the same. What if Bean were pronounced Bon? <laughs> <laughs> that would be really silly it'd be a whole different universe if we if black bonds black bonds <laughs> some black bonds and rice <laughs> it's oh. just weird to think about anyway it's uh, just just to remember that like his last name is bean like mr he's mr bean mr bean wow you're right i had not thought of that anyway it's very funny for just something to think about just something thought- to think about I feel like I've thought a fair deal about Sean Bean and I've never thought about him being Mr. Bean. You don't separate him, you know, it's just Sean Bean. Yep. Please call me Sean. Mr. Bean was my father. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay, well, let's move on. So I'll call him Sean Bean because I don't remember his character's name, but the mother's name is Rose. And they are running out of their house in the middle of the night, screaming for their daughter, Sharon. She sleepwalks and has left the house. Scary. It's a pretty scary opening scene. They run to, they live very nearby a very huge waterfall cliff. And so she runs to the edge of the waterfall. She's looking down below to see if she can see if her daughter has fallen down there. And she looks up and her daughter's actually on an even higher ledge right at the end of this cliff. Oh, no. And is asleep. And she's whispering to herself, home, home, home. And we see the maybe from the daughter's perspective, the waterfall turn into like a fiery mine shaft. And she's about Mm. to step into it when Rose gets up to her and knocks her back and is able to prevent her from falling. Mm. And as she's still kind of sleeping and, and waking up from her dream, she is saying silent Hill, silent Hill next day, Rose and Sean Bean (laughs) are discussing how she said it again. She said silent Hill again. This is something that she always says during her sleepwalking Spells that would not be good. Rose decides that they're going to take she's going to take Sharon to Silent Hill. They've basically looked it up. It's a real place not far from them. And so they're going to go there to see if it sparks her memory in some way. Huh. And figure and out what the hell is going on. Adopted daughter or adopted daughter. Yes. Oh, OK, because it'd be very wild if it was your daughter that you gave birth to who had never been to Silent Hill. Let's see if it sparks her memory. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> well, yes, good point. Good point. Yeah, she is adopted. And 
Sean Bean seems against this idea, does not want to go to Silent Hill. So Rose takes her by herself. And not a great relationship dynamic. We see that this is, yeah, clearly taking a toll on their relationship. Things are tense between them. He is researching Silent Hill. He sees the information about there being a fire underground, it being an abandoned ghost town. He does not like the sound of this, doesn't want his wife and child going there. But they're yeah, on the did road. Did she not do any research on Silent Hill before going? Because I feel like if you saw that, you'd be like, oh, I guess actually no. Yeah, no, I guess not. She just went straight there. And they, uh, Rose and Sharon stop at a gas station on the way and ask for further directions. And basically everyone's like, oh, why are you going there? The clo- roads are all closed off. Nobody goes there anymore. And she's like, please just tell me where. And they reluctantly give her directions. The whole town is on fire. <laughs> you can't go there. Lady, you can't go there. Don't go there. But... She is determined and she a mother's will is looking a little, I don't know, unhinged in this. Like she's panicked and mm-hmm. she's looking like she's desperate for a solution. And I think a solution might be a really high up lock on yes. your door. Yes, that you don't have- go to Silent Hill. Go to the hardware store. Put a lock up outside of your child's reach. Maybe find a sleep therapist. That would be a better you know, I'm not a mom, but those seem like things I would do. Maybe try those. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a cop at this gas station uh, played by Lori Holden. Uh, and she notices Rose looks suspicious kind of with the girl and clocks it as maybe a p- potential abduction that's happening because the girl looks kind of scared mm. And the mom looks kind of crazed. Yeah. And yeah, okay. so she trying to take her to a burning fire town. <laughs> yeah. And so she follows them without them knowing they continue down the road. And as Rose and Sharon are approaching Silent Hill, they go off on the, the closed off road and are speeding down the road when a little girl that looks surprisingly similar to Sharon steps in front of their car and Sharon, I mean, excuse me, Rose, the mom's name is Rose, (laughs) not Sharon. (laughs) Very confusing. Swerves to avoid hitting her and gets in a bad accident, really bonks her head real good, Mm. knocks her out. And when she comes to, it's Looks like it's snowing, but as she gets out of the car, she sees that it is ash. Sharon is gone. Mm. And when she swerved to avoid hitting the child, did she, do we see like we did in the trailer that it's a ghost? I don't she think see so. It? No, okay, I that was think just a trailer. that was for the trailer, but I can't totally remember. But I mean, I, it's fine. Who cares? <laughs> I didn't remember seeing that. No. Okay. So Sharon is gone. It's thick ash or like thick foggy smoke maybe in the air it's really like hard to see around her she's calling out to Sharon her child's named Sharon 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 and, and we I, see it's not a peer it's my child Sharon <laughs> it's not a woman my age it's not a woman my age or older it's a young young person <laughs> I, little girl Sharon little girl Sharon I should say <laughs> so nobody's confused because I know it is confusing well, I see a lot of child children but no adults so let's give me what she's talking about <laughs> 
<sighs> and we see, sure enough, a sign that says, Welcome to Silent Hill. And she walks down the road in pursuit of finding her daughter, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all like, yeah, the first 10 minutes. This all happens really quickly. This movie is two hours and 10 minutes long. So I was like, after this moment, how are how is there two more hours but there is. Mm. So we'll find a way. <laughs> They'll find a way. Uh, so she's exploring this town, which is nasty and abandoned and covered in ash. And, you know, just everything's run down and scary looking. And as she is trying to find Sharon, she starts walking down this kind of tight alleyway. And then these sirens start going going off in the distance, like blaring almost air raid sounding sirens. Mm. And as that's happening, she's looking confused and it gets, starts getting dark. We're thinking what the fuck is happening and it gets completely pitch black. Uh, and it Don't should be like, that. like an immediate pitch black, like not yes. the sun setting, just sort of like. Correct. And it's outside and literally like can't see your hand in front of your face pitch black. Oh, that's really and bad. And she uses her cell phone or something as a light, finds some sort of source of light and it doesn't know what's happening and is going through these um, alleyways and finds what looks like maybe a basketball court or something. Something like a big high chain link fence that there is a man in a gas mask tied to with barbed wire with all of his like organs falling out of his stomach. But Ah. he's still alive and his eyes are bulging through the gas mask and he's kind of moaning at uh, Rose as she finds him. She's totally fucking screaming freaking out what the fuck is going totally on fucking screaming <laughs> she is totally fucking screaming <laughs> and i would be too yeah it makes a lot of sense and as she's backing up she almost bumps into a little monster looking child and is quickly swarmed by what look like to me little lava children children made out of lava they okay. look very silly, very CGI. Although I did read that most of the people, I think they did use actual actors to that were contortionists and dancers to try to move Ugh. in these ways. But to make them, you know, look like lava, obviously there had to additionally be some CGI. Yes. And so they are chasing her. She's running from them. They look scary and are stretching like lava, like as they move and moan, their skin is separating and kind of bubbling, boiling. And they're about to catch up to her and she's screaming and trying to kick them off when the lights come back up and it becomes regular daytime again. And they all kind of disappear into little smoke that little pieces of ash again Mm. that fly up into the air and the town is still nasty but it's you know not as nasty as when it's all dark and there's lava dark yeah exactly (laughs) uh so she's running now trying to get the fuck out of here and she reaches the end of town and it is a straight drop off the edge of a cliff Mm. So she is stuck. There's nowhere to go. And she runs into this 
vagrant looking woman that almost kind of looked like someone from Dark Crystal to me. This is the woman from the game, but she looks almost like a puppet, her makeup. And I think it's because she has like supposed to have like thick ash on her face. Mm. And so it just has this very uh, strange quality to it where she looks kind of not fully human, but and she's also like essentially it looks like a Disney villain, which with her little, uh, you know, cape over her and she's waddling around kind of speaking in riddles, being like, only the only he with the dark soul can open and close the nighttime. I literally oh. don't, know, don't know what she says at all, but she's not saying things. Do you just make that up on the spot? Only he with the dark soul can open and close the nighttime? Because that is really good. It's something along those lines. I really like that, Sammy. <laughs> Um, she's not speaking normally. She's we're immediately aware that this is not just a normal person that's going to be helping us. This is not a normal lady. She's not going to be helping us uh, solve the mystery of this town. (laughs) We're not going to be having a normal conversation. But Rose tries. She shows her a photo or she's saying, could you please, I need to find my daughter. Help me. And she's like, this woman says, my daughter's gone too. They took her. They took my daughter too. And Rose shows her a photo of... Sharon and this woman whose name is Dahlia, we find out later, but I'll say it now so that we can sure. keep track. Uh, Dahlia l- kind of lunges at her, gets her eyes, get all big. And she says, that's my daughter. That's my, she's mine. She's mine. And Rose is freaked out, pulls away, pushes the lady off and runs. And now yeah. she runs back to her car and she's trying to go back the way that she came and again it's a cliff drop like this road has changed and now it's there's no escaping Uh oh but as she's back at her car the cop arrives from earlier and oh there is a scene where the cop is tries to pull them over on their way to silent hill and rose fucking floors it and i think the cop gets in like a motorcycle accident. She's a motorcycle cop. Ah. So the cop has caught up to her apparently and is now trying to arrest her. And Rose is saying, no, my, you don't understand. Like my daughter's in here. I need to, I need to save her. And the cop is seeing this as like, Oh, the little girl that you were with is now gone. The little girl that I was suspecting that you maybe came here to, you know, murder or do something bad to. And so this cop is not, going to be um helping rose Mm. at this time puts her in handcuffs and as they're they decide they have to walk back because she's a motorcycle cop and uh the other car is now wrecked from the car crash and so they're about to start walking back to town although it they would have found out that i think it's a cliff's edge anyways (laughs) uh but the they're attacked by a monstery looking guy that looks like a he's cocooned in human skin. He's like uh. kind of writhing around underneath skin. Almost looks like he almost looks like an Academy Award <laughs> made out of made out of skin. <laughs> okay, great, great. Yeah, and the cop shoots him and is now aware that you know something's not right. Oh, in this something's place. not right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rose is maybe not lying that something really bad is going on. 
But in that attack, it gives Rose the chance to run away. She just runs in the commotion mm. with her hands handcuffed behind her back. She just runs for oh, it. No. Back into the town. Meanwhile, we see Sean Bean on his way to Silent Hill. He is going to go find them. He stops at the same gas station. And at some point, another cop overhears his conversation or something. And this cop, whose name is Thomas Gucci. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, I love it. Thomas Gucci, Officer Gucci, uh, <laughs> says or like overhears him and knows that the cop that we've met before is missing and was headed that way. And so he is curious and he's basically like, I'll come with you. And he's from Silent Hill. He's like, I used to mm. live in Silent Hill, so I will accompany you there to try to find your your wife and daughter and also our missing police officer that it's not looking good no so they go to silent hill and this looks like a completely different silent hill than the one that we see it's sunny i mean it's still abandoned and gross but interesting not foggy and raining ash and so this might be more than a case of just being lost it's going to be an upside down sort of situation yeah yeah it's not looking good so we go back to what we're presuming is maybe an alternate dimension version of silent hill raining ash again we see rose running she runs into a nasty old school there's men in gas masks there uh, looking like they're searching for something and they turn and see Rose and she's immediately scared of them. They look scary. They look like the Chernobyl kind of guys. They, I don't know. We just don't trust people in this place. We don't trust them. No. So she runs away from them and she runs into this classroom and finds a desk with fresh child size handprints on it because everything's covered in ash and so she sees these clear little got it, ha- got it, got handprints it. and assumes that uh, Sharon was here and she opens the desk that the handprints are on and we see it's it was the desk of a girl named Alessa Gillespie and Carved in her desk are kind of taunting phrases from, I think, other kids that are calling, like, Alessa is a witch, calling her a witch. Got it. And as Rose is looking at this, she sees the figure of a little girl watching her and then running as she turns to to notice her. And she follows her through the halls of the school into a bathroom and the little girl is now crying in one of the bathroom stalls, moaning mm. Myrtle's vibes. Mm. And she's moving. She's slowly approaching and saying, it's OK. You know, I'm not going to hurt you. Don't worry. And as she opens the stall that she thinks this little girl is in, there is another man tied up with barbed wire in a in a really horrifying position basically what do you call mm. hog tied when you're like an- oh yeah like ankles, ankles to, your, to feet to your feet are tied together with barbed wire and well, i don't think it's specific to barbed wire when it's hog no no no, but no this is barbed wire <laughs> that would be what's it called when your hands and feet are tied together with barbed wire <laughs> <laughs> no i, I 
but he is he is a long dead. It's oh, okay. I think this town was abandoned in the 70s, it says. And mm. so he looks like he's been there for decades. He's pretty decayed. And Ugh. there is a note in his mouth. And the, these kinds of things happen a lot where I think this probably makes more sense in the video game. Yeah. Where she goes to grab the note, which like uh-huh. normally I don't think you would do. Yeah, I don't know that I don't know that you would want to do that. She's like, oh, a clue where that would not be really your thought. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. In in a non-video game scenario, I would not think this man has anything to do with my daughter. <laughs> but I, I would not in, think that this is a clue. In the world of the video game, she's like, the little girl led me here and this yes, is yes, yes. the path. Follow little girl. Maybe you'll find a note. Yep. Take the note from the mouth. Sort of that situation. Exactly. But she grabs the she grabs the note and just as she is about to leave, the gas mask guys catch up with her and kind of corner her in this bathroom. There's no other exit of this bathroom. And so she just closes and locks the door and then presses up against it to hold them out, which I don't know. I feel like I've seen too many horror movies that I'm like, don't lean against the door. Anyone can. I mean, it's different, right? So there's different scenarios because sometimes you want to be able to press it closed for force so someone can't force it open. But I'm also like, someone can stab you right through that door. Yeah. Big enough knife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And baby, there's a big knife coming up. Uh, oh. Not right here, though. This was, this was the, this did turn out to be the right call, even though okay. it made me very nervous. But they, we see on the other side of the door them trying to bash it in. But they have a literal canary in a coal mine situation like a bird in a cage and the bird starts freaking out and they immediately drop what they're doing grab the bird they they run and not long after the sirens start going off again oh no we see rose praying please help me please help me she's holding her little um she has a a locket of sharon's photo around her neck in a necklace and she's holding that and praying then it starts getting dark again. And when it gets dark, it also transforms the world into it seems like hell, like it's a literal underworld situation. All the Got paint it. kind of deteriorates and and everything just becomes, I don't know, just like really just super upside down. Yeah. Yeah. A world within a, another world, a third dimension. A really, this is the worst one. The worst, the worst one. And... After it's totally black and she's got a light on somehow again, I think her phone, that guy in the bathroom stall comes to life (gasps) and starts coming towards her. And he, I don't know if he has one hand free. He's kind of like wriggling towards her. He's also like hanging his tongue out going. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks really gross. And then as he puts, he does have one hand out at least because he, he puts a hand on a wall and where he touches, it's almost like annihilation where the wall turns like biological, like it looks like it's mm. muscles and veins spreading out, flowering and spreading and coming towards her as if the as if the walls are are becoming like skin and blood. Ew. Like it's really gross. And the, it, the, the, the VFX aren't great. Like it doesn't look so nasty but it is it's a little nasty a little little nasty yeah and as she's running to get away from him uh all these 
there's a hole holes open up in the ground and all these nasty huge cockroaches start pouring Ew. out just hundreds of them chasing her and she's running down the hall and she sees this really big muscular man with a pyramid head he's got a big it's like not even a mask he doesn't have an eye there's nowhere for him to look out of i mean i guess it's a mask but it's like this huge Pyramid Head. His name is Pyramid Head in the games. And apparently a little trivia that I did learn is that he's not actually in the first game and it doesn't canonically make sense for him to be in this game for reasons that don't really make sense to me. But because he was Mm. such a big audience favorite in the games, they decided to put him in here and he is very scary. Okay. So she's running from him down these halls, school halls, and we see again back to... Sean Bean and Officer Gucci, and we see that they're in the exact same place. They're in the halls, and it's daytime, and it's normal. Got it. So he, and we see Sean Bean keeps having these moments of like, I feel like she's here, and it's as if he's sensing her presence, Mm. but Mm. they are not in the same plane of existence. Damn. I know. That's how are they going to get out of this one? Hmm. And she's about to be, we go back to Rose and those bugs are about to fucking get her when someone grabs her and drags her and she's screaming, get off me, let me go. And this person pulls her into a room, shuts the doors, and we see that it is the other police officer. Her name is Sybil. Sybil. Sybil closes these doors. It's like a machinery room of some sort and locks the doors one little cockroach gets through and it has almost like a human face <laughs> it's like look at that all nasty and sybil stomps it kills it but sybil doesn't have enough bullets to really make a big stand against this huge pyramid head man Ew. she's down to her last round of bullets so they're like sitting there quietly hoping that he doesn't find them and then there's this really loud sound. We saw that he has a really big knife. I'm talking like eight feet long. It's really, no. it's, it's really big. He's, he's almost, he's a, a giant essentially. And okay. we hear him dragging the knife along the metal ground. So it's like, Ooh, like making this loud scraping noise. Like when weapons get dragged, it, that it, the kind of person who would drag their weapon around is really a bad Bad, bad, bad. That's like at least, at least pick it. Just up. hold it. Just hold. Just it. hold it above, not touching the ground. Uh, yeah, don't drag it, and I don't drag it on the wall. Don't drag it, and you know, just keep, yeah. just because that's the same kind of person. Yeah, yeah. dragging it on the wall. I, th- I agree. So, but he is dragging it, and it's making a really loud sound. And Sybil goes, "Do you hear that?" <laughs> <laughs> And it really made me laugh. And it really reminded me of that scene in Elf where Buddy burps so loud for like two minutes straight. <laughs> and it's like, did you hear that? <laughs> Just the loudest fucking noise. Yes, Sybil, we heard it. We hear we hear it. That reminds this is very different, but Joel and I went to dinner the other night and we absolutely devoured. We had a salad, we ate all of it. There was maybe a couple little, you know, pieces of Parmesan, you know, wide guys on the bowl. Like the bowl is empty and and like we and we had like pushed it away and our server comes and goes, Guys are done with this? I was like, yeah, there's nothing to not be done with. It's like a very polite server thing, but it really made me laugh when he left. I was like, what could we possibly have still wanted from that bowl? That's really funny. Anyway. 
Yeah, and he comes and he starts stabbing his huge knife through this door. It's so big that even when they're pressed on the other side of the room, like squeezed up against (gasps) the other side, it's like still almost at their faces. It's almost (laughs) reaching them. And he's swinging it back and forth. And each time he stabs through this door, he's making a bigger hole. And eventually the little cockroaches are able to fit through. So they're now crawling at him. And then eventually he's able to stick his arm through and he's reaching to try to open it from the inside. Sybil seems like empties out what must be the last of her bullets into his arm, which I'm going, Sybil, we need to save those until we got a headshot. His arm's not going to do shit, but she shoots him in the arm a bunch of times and it does make him pull his arm out and stop for a second. And luckily in that moment, it, they start disintegrating. It starts becoming light again and it just, it just ends again. Yeah. Just don't know the rules of when it's real unfortunate. Yeah. So that that can just happen. (laughs) Yeah. At seemingly any time. Uh, but at least now Sybil is, you know, on on board with teaming sure. up with Rose. We're we're we trust each other now, and so they start heading to. Oh, Rose shows her the thing she pulled out of the guy's mouth, the clue, which says something about the hotel, and she's like, "We need to find this hotel. That's where my daughter's going to be." So now they they go to the hotel. And in the hotel, they see the old lady, the uh, Dahlia character, and a younger girl throwing rocks at her and basically call, like calling her an, a, a witch and being really rude to her. <laughs> being really rude to her. Uh, <laughs> it's really rude. And they pull her off. This woman's name is Anna. And it's clear that Anna is also a resident of silent hill and we're like what are these people kind of coming out of nowhere she looks Mm, all dirty mm -hmm. and ashy also and so i don't know how many people are here but she is also you know not giving them straight answers about things they're asking do you know have you seen my daughter have you seen my daughter and anna says if your daughter has faith she might survive so we're getting some religious tones here that maybe Mm. this um town was a a quite religious community the which didn't seem to help them at all no it sure doesn't but uh so they find one of sharon's drawings in the mailbox for room 111 and decide they have to go there Meanwhile, we see Sean Bean is trying to find records from the adoption place where he adopted Sharon to try to see if he can find out any more information because he knows something's going on. Like, is she perhaps a middle-aged woman? Perhaps, yeah, a little orphan vibes. And he finds a file of Alessa Gillespie somehow. I think maybe, maybe he's looking at files of Silent Hill, actually. And, but... Either way, he finds this file of Alessa Gillespie, who we know is is had the desk in the um, school in Silent Hill. And Alessa Gillespie is the spitting image of Sharon. Mm-hmm. But again, I think they were she was born in 1974. So what the heck is okay. going on? So what the heck? So what the freaking heck? 
we go back to room 111 now where Rose finds Alessa. And Alessa also looks like a, a, a little puppet from the dark crystal covered in ash with like little bangs jutting out at a crazy angle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Rose is not, she knows that this isn't, Sharon, but she's very, very shocked that it's basically her twin. She's, you could just, you could be just like her. Like, what's going on? Are you okay? And Alessa turns to her, holds her arms out, and says, "Look at me! I'm burning!" And bursts into flames, and then, mm. and then disappears. We see that Anna has followed them, and so Rose kind of went off and found her herself, but then comes out of whatever room 111 back to Sybil and Anna and says, I think I just saw Dahlia's daughter, Alessa. And Anna says, we don't say that name. We don't, we don't use her name. A Voldemort situation. A little Voldemort situation. And Rose kind of is like furrowing her brow. And she says, I think something really bad happened here. (laughs) (laughs) An hour and 10 minutes into the movie. We're in a, hellscape and there's a child whose name we don't utter (laughs) i think something really bad happened here i think you're onto something rose i'm finding clues in decayed men's mouths there's a big pyramid monster seems pretty bad i think something really bad happened here i think Really bad out here. (laughs) and just then a bunch of birds fly out of the house which i uh, the the townspeople, aka Anna, seems to know that that means the darkness is coming, and she says we got to get to the church. It's the only safe place. Okay. When the darkness comes, so they're running, and as they're running, all these other townspeople are appearing out of the fog and also running towards the church. Like everyone is running for safety as the sirens start blaring. Man, why wouldn't you just live at the church? Great question. Why risk it? Seems like this happens like pretty frequently. Yeah. What is this like every 15 minutes? It's just just a lot. Stay at the church. Just stay there. How can you possibly have time to get anything done in between? Yeah. And what are you doing in these weird little fucking abandoned shops? There's nothing to do here. Nobody's shopping. No. Okay. Well, yeah, I've got a lot of questions, but uh, Dahlia, they see Dahlia on the church steps. Basically, she warns them, don't go in there with them. They're all evil. And she seems more afraid of going into the church than staying out of the church. And Rose uh, drops and is talking to her and is saying, I saw your daughter. I saw Alessa. Uh, She's been she's been leading us here. And Anna is calling out like, come on, you have to come inside. You have to come inside. But it's too late. Darkness falls. It's pitch black. And as the light comes up, Rose and Sybil do make it inside of the church, but as they're beckoning to Anna to come, we see Pyramid Head is right behind her, picks her up like a little ant because he's much bigger than her. I guess not like he's like three times the size of a regular person, picks her up. She's dangling in the air. He rips all her clothes off and then grabs her chest and like, yanks all of her skin off essentially skins her in one fell swoop oh no real gnarly so anna's anna's done but they uh, make it inside the church they close the doors and it does seem that it is not the dahlia too not dahlia but dahlia seemed not scared she didn't want to come into the church right 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 okay yeah 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 
so R- Rose and Sybil turn and face everyone in the church now that are all looking at them and they all the townspeople immediately start screaming at them that they're witches and I'm feeling confused by timelines here because normally you know a witch a witch hunt time would have been the 1400s this town burned in 1974 so this is 30 years ago Um, Mm -hmm. but it seems that they're kind of a religious cult type Mm. thing and they are led by Christabella. She oh, Christabella, Christabella, and this actress was great. I really liked Christabella. She was looking really evil, and that was actually one of the trivia's I saw was that she was so commanding as an actor that everyone always did what she said to do. And I was like, that's a really weird trivia because <laughs> I feel okay. like that's kind of probably what they were supposed to do anyways because they're acting. <laughs> Right. <laughs> they don't, they do what the script says. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, mm-hmm. Christabel is kind of the uh, leader of this religious cult. And mm-hmm. she tells Rose that if she wants her daughter back, she will have to face the demon and that she hopes her faith is strong because no one's ever faced the demon and come, come back from it. Okay. We see another scene of Sean Bean getting caught with the files by the same policeman, uh, Officer Gucci. Gucci. And he recognizes because he's from this town and he sees mm. the photo of Alessa and he says what those fanatics did to her was terrible. This is like awful, oh. awful thing. And Sean Bean's trying to piece together what the fuck, like, who is she and where's my daughter? But we go back to the church and uh, Christabella is about to lead Rose and Sybil to basically the entrance of where the demon is. It's in mm-hmm. the in the bowels of one of the buildings in the bowels of the building. <laughs> <laughs> but before she does, she sees the locket with the photo of Sharon and <gasps> she He's like, witch, witch, kill her, kill them both. Like, they're witches. Okay, so this is why Dolly didn't want to go into the church. <laughs> yes. And uh, Sybil is able to fight them off and give Rose the chance to take the pathway down to where they were telling her to go. It's basically an elevator that drops way, way, way down. Kind of. So Christabel is kind of the town bitch. Christabel is the town bitch. That's right. It's exactly right. Okay. And like Marsha Gay Harden, she's great. She's really, she really fucking kills it. It takes a lot to be the town bitch. It does. You got to respect it. And I do. Uh, So uh, Rose makes it to the bottom of, it looks like an abandoned mine shaft type of thing. And as she gets there, there's about 20 or so monstrous looking nurses they look almost like statues they have little the little caps over their faces you can't see faces they look almost like you know what they look like is the bodies in Westworld before they become something like they have basically mannequins in the Uh, the basement type of thing okay yeah 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 so these look kind of like mannequins Mm -hmm. and someone has given her a flashlight at this point and they say They'll be attracted to the light, but you won't be able to see anything otherwise. And so she's shining the flashlight on them and they all 
animate and seem to come to life and start running towards her and she turns the light off and they stop. And so she realizes she has to make it past them in complete darkness. It's light enough so that we can kind of see what's happening, but sure, sure. she's making her way through this group of evil nurses with knives. All of them have knives in their hands and she's ducking through them and they're sensing that someone's there and just slashing wildly in the darkness. Ooh. And so they're mostly killing each other and stabbing each other, but it's just her moving through. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they can't see either. And so, uh, she makes it through them and arrives in what looks like a hospital room and the screen turns totally white and we hear Sharon's voice or rather Alessa's voice saying you did it and your reward is the truth and we get a little she is a witch. flashback she is a witch. to um her ch her childhood back at the school we see her being taunted by the other kids calling her a witch and she says the other kids taunted me because I didn't have a dad like they did and so I guess she was oh god bullied and because she was born out of wedlock and her mom never said who the father was. And so they called her a witch. She's like sort of January Jones in this world. Her mom. Is that a madman? I didn't watch madman. I don't know. No, this January Jones. Nobody knows who the father of her child is. Oh, <laughs> oh the actress January Jones. The actress January <laughs> yes, Jones. Yes, yes, exactly. And we all are dying to know who it is. We're on the edge of our seats. When is she going to tell us? And until she does, I'm going to assume her child is a witch. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And Alessa runs from the kids that are bullying her into the bathroom and is crying in the bathroom like we saw earlier. And we see the janitor in the bathroom give her a very bad look. And in Alessa's VO, she says something like, and you know what happens to kids or, you know, that kids are at risk or something. Little girls that are find themselves all alone oh. or something like that. And it doesn't show anything, but there is an implied sexual assault by this janitor. And this kid is like eight. I think she's probably like 12, but it's yeah. So eight. So eight. Exactly. <laughs> all kids are eight. And. Oh. Her mom, we see her mom um, finding her after this. And it seems like Alessa confides in, in Dahlia is her mom. And Dahlia is hugging her and holding her and goes to Christabella. And I think tells them, you know, this horrible thing has happened to my daughter. And Christabella says she needs to be purified. Like what's happened to her is a sin. And so we need to oh. purify her. And Dahlia agrees to this because we think that it's like a very uh, strictly religious community. And Dahlia looks reluctant, but is trying to, I don't know, do mm. something good for her daughter's soul and wants to purify her. But baby purifying is not going to be an, a nice thing. No. We're not talking about a little... Um, little cross around like, or little like yeah that's nothing nice um and it's, it's genuine genuinely very horrifying they put alessa on a ladder a, a long ladder that they elevate like five feet above a bed of coals 
like burning coals. And so they're just slowly cooking her. She's like a pig on a spit type of thing. And she's screaming in pain and her skit, she's like burning alive. Oh but my slowly. God. It's so fucking awful. And Dahlia runs to go get Officer Gucci to try to stop this. But by the time she gets back, Alessa is burned to a fucking crisp. Her skin is all like black charred. Oh God. And the coals fall. Something snaps and she knocks Alessa falls and her falling knocks the coals over and lights the whole church on fire. And so that's (gasps) what started the fire that, um, is still burning to this day. Shouldn't have cooked a kid. Shouldn't have cooked a kid. That's where you went wrong. Yeah. And in this VO, Alessa explains that her rage split her soul apart. We see Officer Gucci and Dahlia taking uh, Alessa's body. She's still alive and just oh. like in excruciating pain and they take her to the nurses who try to help her but there's just not much that they can do but she is still alive and I think that's why all the nurses are like in the scary part too because nurses would have been a very scary thing for this little girl who seems to be kind of Mm. creating this world and uh, she says that that's where I came in I promised her that they would all fall into her darkest dream and so basically we have original Alessa, who in this pain and rage split into Alessa and dark Alessa, who is the little kind of ghosty girl that's been running around, who's perhaps the demon uh, right. trying to get revenge on all Created the people. this bad place. Yeah. Yes. Trying to get revenge on all the people that hurt Alessa. And then... This is where I'm really confused and somebody probably knows, but I don't understand (laughs) if Sharon is her daughter, if she was like raped and that because it's like, oh, God, it's like um, they describe it as Sharon is the only what's that's what's left of her goodness. The only thing left of her goodness. And we tried to save her and it shows them like putting the baby in the orphanage. But again, this was 1974. uh, Math doesn't add up. I was just very confused by this. Huh? I think it could also just be like a part of her soul that came later. I don't know, but I sure. However, the timeline works. Basically, there's now three versions, Alessa, Dark Alessa and Sharon, which is the goodness in Alessa. Got it. And Dark Alessa says to Rose, all we want is revenge and then you can have your daughter back. And she's like, "Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm down to fucking. Yeah, sure. Whatever you bad things need to happen to these people i'm on board and so yeah basically dark alessa enters rose's body kind of absorbs into her and says you know i'm not allowed into the church they won't let i won't be able to get in there but you can and basically i can go in with you Mm. and so rose goes back to the church or no first we see back at the church they have found sharon And they have 
Sybil and Sharon each tied to their own ladder. So they're planning to burn. Oh my God. They've learned nothing. I know. They're doing the same shit again. Same old mistakes. And Christabella is yelling out that those who aid the demon must be cleansed by fire and the witch must be burned and all this, you know, same old shit. Mm. And they unfortunately do burn Sybil alive. Oh, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, and it's pretty gross. She's her skin like bubbles and and blisters and she dies and it's sad. <sighs> Ooh. And Rose comes in right after this and sees what they have just done and she's screaming at them and calling Christabella a murderer. You guys are the true sinners. Like, can't you see that what you are doing is the true sin? And Christabella is using your fear to manipulate you, but you guys are actually the evil ones. And we see some kind of doubt across the faces of the other members of the church, but Christabella's, uh, control is strong. She's such a compelling actor that we can't fully, um, disown her. And Christabella stabs Rose in the chest. Rose falls down to her knees and so much blood is like spraying out of this wound. It almost looks like she's like vomiting blood projectile. (laughs) Like it's just absolutely gushing. And like Monty Python. Yes. It's like. (laughs) (laughs) And as the blood hits the ground, it starts turning into the, the dark place. Again, the the ground does the same effect that it has each time the siren has come on, where it starts kind of decaying. Because she has the demon yes. in her. And Christabella says, you brought the darkness in with you. And they all start freaking out, but it's too late. And now this world is turning into the third dark dimension. And from the depths, the bowels of the building <laughs> comes <laughs> Alessa's hospital bed. With her still burned body in it and all this barbed wire around her. She looks like Dr. Octopus in Spider-Man where she's controlling the barbed wire and it's using to lift her up. And she shoots barbed wires out at all of the little cult people Oops, Mm. and goes for Christabella first and is wrapping barbed wire around her wrists and uh, shoots barbed wire through her vertically so that she gets ripped apart. Hot dog style. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And then, uh, you know, makes pretty quick work out of everyone else in there. We get some... Nice violent deaths of just wrapping barbed wire around people, like popping them like balloons, slash, slashing them. Dark Alessa is there dancing in their blood, little sprays looking gleeful. Rose is able to untie Sharon and they are not being, you know, targeted by the barbed wire. They're being protected. And in this time, Dahlia has come inside too, to see all, what, all, what all the fuss is about. What's, hey, what's, what's going, going on in here? What's going on in here, you guys? And sees Alessa and is pretty horrified. Um, but it's still her daughter. And so she just looks like heartbroken. And she is also spared. And she doesn't understand sure. why. And she says that to Rose at one point. She says, why did she spare me? Because basically Alessa kills she everybody feels- but them and then goes back, yeah. goes back down. And Rose says, mother is God in the eyes of a child. Interesting, interesting line. 
They say that a couple of times. So it seemed important. I wanted to shout it out. Mother is God in the eyes of a child. I think there's there's a message of them having faith in each other as humans rather than God. And there's, a, there's okay. a point at which Christabella had said to Rose, you know, if you have faith in God and Rose says, mother is Rose God. says, I have faith in my daughter. And so they're just placing their faith in things other than God. And maybe that that is just as strong and just as powerful. Yes. So I think that's the message that we're trying to get there. Got it. So, after after this, seems like everything's okay. Uh, I mean, nothing's okay, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but Alessa goes back down. It seems maybe her soul has found some peace. Sharon mm. is allowed to leave with Rose. Dahlia stays, and Rose and Alessa, excuse me, Rose and Sharon get back in the car and are able to start it again. Um, it didn't like flip or anything. It just wasn't starting before. So we assumed it was dead, but maybe it could have been, maybe magic. it wasn't. And maybe now they've just, you know, ha just needed some, some faith. They start driving and we remember there's the, the cliff's edge at the end of the road and it's still there and they just drive right over it. But the car does not fall. It, it continues on and makes it carried by their faith now makes it okay. to the other side of the road and they're able to drive back into town back out oh. of silent hill and into back back towards their home and we see sean bean at home looking distraught doesn't know where else to go now like what else to do sure. to, to find his wife and child they're on the way home to him i think rose even calls on her cell phone but Sean Bean picks up the phone and it's just staticky. He can't hear what she's mm -hmm. saying. And they arrive home and open the door. And it's still very foggy and ashy. And we cut to see Sean Bean looking at the door opening and it's sunny where he is and <gasps> normal. And that's the end of the movie. Wow. Still in different dimensions. Interesting. And that's where we get Silent Hill 2 and 3. Wee. But yeah, people apparently really hate the sequel movies, but there is huh. another one coming that's maybe going to be a little bit better because it's directed again by this original director. Huh. But it seems like this one wasn't very well reviewed Either. True, but I feel like the other ones were really badly reviewed. So, I don't know. Yeah, we won't get our hopes too high, but it could be fun. The new one is coming next year in 2024, and it is called Return to Silent Hill. I don't know. We'll see. Very interesting. So, Sean Bean didn't die. He didn't die. He made it. And it, you know what's and so funny? How about that? And spoiler alert for Possessor. If you haven't seen it, Sean Bean doesn't die in that one either. So the two horror movies we think people are most likely to die that Sean Bean is in that we have covered. Mm. He survives. I mean, does he literally again? OK, so spoiler alert for things that have very much been out for a very long time. The first being Lord of the Rings, the second being Game of Thrones. Uh, are those the only two things he does die? In? No, there's there's more. I'm sure if we Googled. 
Also, those are just big, those are real big ones. You know, those are some hefty, hefty deaths. Yeah. How many things does 20, Sean, Sean Bean has died Bean. in 24 separate films and TV shows? OK, so, yeah, a quarter of his on screen. So only 25 percent, but that still feels like a lot. It's a lot. And this is funny. This is saying from stabbing to shooting to death via cow. <laughs> <laughs> did he die via cow uh, I don't want to look it up because it'll be a spoiler and one day, I know, one day be... I'll see it and it'll be delightful gotta love Sean Bean man yeah he's great um, but yeah I mean I enjoyed this movie it does very much feel like a video game and yeah. I feel like it could have been going on. it could have been shorter that would have been preferable for me it just felt, sure. felt sure, quite sure, sure. long but I thought Rada Mitchell was really good in it Love Sean Bean. Loved whoever played Christabella. She's incredible. Mm. Mm. Patrons, thank you for choosing thank it. Thank you for this. I don't, it's not like a fun one, but it wasn't the worst one we've ever done. Do you feel okay. not as bad as... So between a 6 and a 7 is a 6.5. <laughs> exactly. Um, it doesn't Great. make you feel as bad as The Mist, right? No. No, a few things have. Because Alessa got her revenge in the end. It's a happy ending. Yeah. Except for that they're stuck in an alternate dimension. That part's tough. And I mean, I guess one interpretation of it is that they are dead, that they died in the car accident in the beginning. And so did. Oh, sure. And that maybe, uh, you know, everybody in the town died in the fire. And so this is just literal uh, hell. hell. And uh, when Rose ran from Sybil her she got in a motorcycle accident also so that was possible she died then so they might all be dead yeah but Could it's be. they might all be dead it's a little just not ambiguous yeah but yeah i really hmm. hope the afterlife's not like this no i don't want really that suck no no it'd be you. so bad <laughs> okay silent hill we did it we did it and yeah um just trying to figure out my thoughts about video game movies in general. I haven't seen any of the Resident Evil ones, but they definitely have a different feel to them that feels a little less. I don't know. It's, it's I think it's a it's a trick, a tricky thing to pull off. Well, yeah. And I think it is yeah. better suited to a TV show for obvious reasons that it can be like a, a video game is so long. Like Silent Hill is probably an incredibly yeah. long video game, and so even though it's two hours is a really long movie, it's all yeah. It's just like I'm, I'm 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 bored and also confused because I know there's so much. There's just too much happening. To this. Yeah. yeah. That said, uh, from a from a between a six and a seven, it's a six point five for me. Amazing, amazing. And yeah, um, well, there we go. There's not really any voices in it. Well, that's just fine. She does have kind of a creepy little child voice as she's doing her VO, Alessa. She's not your child. She's her child. Hey. So I'll do a little creepy child voice and say, from all of us here, Too Scary Didn't Watch. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really want to make our day, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. 
You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want even more content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. We will be back next week with a regular episode. We love you a lot. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.